0: Stop before the live stream begins. We need to send a big old fat chunk thank you message to someone who's been helping out with these twitch streams uh immensely. uh Probably the only person helping out with these more is me because I do them. but uh we need to give a round of applause to Nathan Coley or Cooley. Sorry if I mispronounced your last name, but Nathan. Has been designing the thumbnails for these Twitch streams once they go up on YouTube after the fact. And he's just been on top of it. He DMs me the messages right after I post those uh, Twitch streams to the Talos of Tech stream channel. So big thank you to Nathan. I appreciate him making the time for doing that. Uh, I didn't ask him to do it. Um, I didn't, I didn't reach out to anybody. He just did it himself and said, Hey, these need some custom thumbnails. Here you go. And, uh, I'm very grateful to have people that are that generous in the fan base. So thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, everybody in the chats, uh, I don't know if he's watching this live, but everybody in the chat saying thank you to Nathan. So we appreciate you. His his Twitter uh username, just to give him a bit of a shout out. He didn't ask me to do this, by the way. He's been doing this for like months uh, without any credit or shout out of any kind. Um, His Twitter username is at Nathan C-U-L-L-I. So there you go. Enjoy. <laughs> Not many people know about him, but he's doing a lot of the thumbnails. So I appreciate him. Anyway, 100 bits from Expos One. Thank you very much. Says, you know how you got super excited when the black iMac came out? That's how I'm going to feel when the Apple foldable comes out. <laughs> Honestly, I think I've changed my mind quite a bit on the Apple foldable. At first, I was like, this is stupid. Apple doesn't need to make one. And Starlink, come back. Curse you. There we go. Wait for it to come back a second. There we go. Are you going to be nice to me today, Starlink? Please do. So, sorry f- sorry for the lag. Okay, so I, at first I thought the foldable was kind of stupid and Apple doesn't need to pursue that. But the more I thought about it, and then I messed around with the Galaxy Z Fold 2, um, I was like, okay, foldables are interesting, I don't think they're going to become the mainstream. I don't think they're going to become like the everyday phone that everyday people buy. But I could imagine a future where it's it's kind of like a pro-market thing. It's kind of a niche demographic for those who are are willing to spend more. And I have been pretty consistent on one thing. Something I haven't changed my mind uh, on is that Apple could do a foldable better than anybody. For a multitude of reasons. For one, because... Uh, they get tablet software very good with the iPad, and they're solid with iPadOS, but they're also really good with the smartphone operating system. So a device that could run iPadOS and iOS simultaneously would instantly, in my opinion, be better than any other foldable on the market because Android is not very good at optimizing for a tablet, and it's okay at the phone. So it's... It's something that I feel like Apple could probably get away with. I'm not saying they have to do it. I'm not saying, like, Apple's doomed if they don't make a foldable. Because Apple always... Yeah, exactly, Din Apple always waits until they can get a product right. And Apple's not going to make a foldable until they can make it, you know, reliable and durable enough to last a long time and also have all of the great things that makes an iPhone an iPhone and still have a lot of great iPad-like benefits. Maybe not Apple Pencil support and that kind of thing, but... um, I just feel like iPhones and the Apple, uh, the, the Apple pace of innovation with smartphones is going to get so slow and, and so incremental, where there's so little changes year over year that Apple just to get their phone out in, just to get more eyes on them, just to get some attention on them, it might make sense for them to make a foldable, uh, just so that more people are talking about the iPhone again. Um, because I, I could imagine a future where iPhones start to look so similar and their features are so similar that year after year after year, there's so little changes. And Apple's like, uh, we need to mix it up a bit. We need to do something different. The other thing uh, Apple can do very well, better than anybody, is justify a very high price point. Even when... Apple released a $1,000 stand. You know, there were a bunch of YouTubers out there that were like, well, you know, for the c- c- class of equipment and serving, it's actually not that expensive. You know, you want to have a well built monitor for your, that's $5,000. You need the stand to be expensive too. You know, you can, as an Apple sheet myself, as someone who thinks the Magic Keyboard at $350 is not overpriced, Apple of all companies could get away with releasing like a $3,000. Folding iPhone and just be like, but it's better than anybody else's because your Galaxy Z Fold 4 or your Z Fold 5, that doesn't run iOS or have iPadOS. It's not compatible with an Apple Watch, whereas this foldable is. And I think I'm not in the department of foldables are the future, but I think I'm in the department of foldables are a part of our future. There's certain niche demographics, rich demographics, people that are willing to spend a ton of money on their phone that I think the foldable would make sense for them, but I still think that everyday consumers, even if a foldable was affordable, even if a foldable was pretty cheap and pretty practical, there's still going to be people that are going to prefer just having a regular rectangle, and they don't need the whole folding mechanism because that just complicates things too much. And I showed off the Z Fold 2 when I reviewed it to quite a few people in my personal life, and none of them were that impressed, I'll be honest. A lot of the people... A lot of the, a lot of the people I showed it to were just like, "Huh, okay," and they would not be anywhere close ready to play to pay any kind of premium to access a device like that. And they would arguably probably not even be interested if it was the same price as a regular phone. And I think Apple is already going to have a difficult time getting people to get the newest iPhone every year because they're going to become so dang similar. We got a bunch of people upgrading with the 12, which kind of makes sense because it was like this perfect recipe of, okay, Apple's bragging and marketing 5G. Like, no, tomorrow they get to be so proud of 5G. We've also got a redesign for the first time in arguably like 7 years we have actually updated the the chassis with the squared off edge design we got oled to become a standard thing so they all the phones across the lineup looked all uh clean and modern and they didn't have that liquid retina crap anymore it was all super retina xdr across the board and it was also the pandemic was sending out stimulus checks to a lot of people so i have to imagine that somewhat plays a role you know, everybody's getting a free $1,200 in the mail. They're like, hey, new iPhone is $1,200. So I would love to see Apple make a foldable. I just don't think they would need to. I think they'll be fine. Like, they're not going to be in trouble if they don't release one. It's not like, ooh, Samsung's catching up on Apple. They got a foldable. Apple doesn't have one yet. It's like normal people, I don't think normal people care about OLED. No, they don't. But it it's not so much about the OLED itself. It's about the look. The look of the iPhone 12 was su- substantially more futuristic and modern looking than the iPhone 11, um, and that's partially because it uses an OLED display and can not have thinner bezels all the way around, and it gives this it gives it this more natural, modern look. Whereas the iPhone 11 still had kind of that clunky, uh, dated 10R rounded off edge design. It was the bezels were a bit thicker, um, so I personally think that. The average consumer doesn't care about foldables, but there is probably a demographic of people in the tech community that do. Um, But according to the iOS statistics we looked at in the last Twitch stream, uh, yeah, people do not care about foldables. (laughs) They pulled like over 3,000 people um, and asked them if they were interested in a a foldable iPhone of some kind or a foldable iPad. And I think it was around 1% said they would be interested. So the other 99% were like, nah, no thanks. But anyway, that's not what this Twitch stream is going to be about. A lot of people who clicked on it must be confused. How long? We're like 12 minutes into this. We didn't even talk about today's subject. Essentially, there's a lot going on next week. Probably more than you'd think. Um, uh, Quadruple UDC is June 7th. Thank you for treating my stream as a Google search, Parker. I appreciate that. (laughs) But the first thing we might expect on Monday through Wednesday, not exactly sure when, but... We're probably going to get the first uh, YouTubers dropping updates on, because YouTubers always get this stuff early. We're going to get our first uh, people on Santa uh, Tim Cook's nice list are going to be dropping their videos about IMAX, about the mini LED iPads, new Apple TV. It's very possible Apple's done this in the past where they, they change the review embargoes to be on different dates. So there's been some rumors going around that on the 18th, um, They'll drop the embargo for the new iMac, and then on the 19th, maybe the iPad, and maybe that could mean the Apple TV on Monday. And on top of that, uh, there's been growing evidence of Apple launching a new Apple Music tier called Apple Music Hi-Fi, or it might just be built into the regular Apple Music tier. I don't know. But um, basically a higher bandwidth version of Apple Music, and there's even been a few people alluding to when Apple announces this new tier of Apple Music, they're going to announce AirPods 3 alongside it. Now, keep in mind, Apple rarely announces AirPods alongside uh, Apple events, so I don't think they're going to save AirPods 3 for quadruple UDC unless they decide to change their ways and... Decide This minor design refresh for AirPods, that we're going to have in an event, but AirPods Pro and AirPods Max, no, those are site refreshes. Seems like they like AirPods to be site refreshes for whatever reason, I don't know. But there's a chance we could get new AirPods next week, and we're almost for sure getting YouTubers dropping their uh, impressions videos on the new iMacs and impressions videos on the new iPad. So there's going to be all kinds of press going through next week, and of course I'll be getting mine on Friday, so we got six days to go until um i'll be getting yeah six days until i be getting my mini led ipad pro my imac still has not shipped which once again i'm totally fine with um but the new ipad pro i'm very curious and trying because actually in the past few days me and my wife have been using my ipad pro a lot and i'm just looking at it all the time and i'm like okay we might be near the end of this ipad's life and then we're gonna sell it off and replace it with a new mini led variant and see how that looks and how it works and how it fits in the keyboard case. And uh, then I can't wait to see how the hopefully the M1 chip can be utilized with the iPad at quadruple UDC. So I'm very excited to get my hands on it. Same with the new Apple TV. I want to give that a fair shot. I'm I'm very interested in trying out the new remote. I don't care for the pricing on the TV box itself, but the remote I'm very curious to feel around with. And uh, I've basically been using the Roku OS on my TV for it feels like a year now and I haven't messed around with TVOS in a while and I've heard there's been updates to certain apps that I complained about mostly YouTube. I didn't like the YouTube app on the Apple TV and I've heard people say it's better now. So, I'm excited to try that starting this Friday uh this upcoming Friday. So, I'm pumped. Next week's got a lot going on. I'm I'm very curious to see what's what's going to happen. Um Come on Starlink, you can do it. You were doing so great earlier. Oh my goodness. Okay, Expos one is asking, are you going to keep the new iPad Pro? I'm pretty sure I am. Um, I'm mainly okay with keeping it as long as I can sell my old iPad Pro. And based on how much I've seen the 2018 iPad Pro selling for lately, I'm pretty confident I can get a pretty decent return on it. I wasn't interested in trading it in with Apple. Uh, The the trade-in on Apple was like $500. It was pretty low. So I was like, eh, I think I can sell it for more than that. Um, the new Apple TV, I'm probably not going to keep, but it'll depend on my experience because I don't like the idea of spending $200 on the TV box because that's just kind of wasteful. But, um, if I like the remote enough and it's kind of up to my wife because we both kind of use the TV for watching stuff in the living room. And if she really falls in love with that remote and she gets comfortable with the OS and stuff, maybe, maybe she'll want to keep it, but, uh, most likely I'll probably send it back um apple is destroyed unless they have a 7g iphone with 7 in screen and the watch can run tv OS. i'm trying to imagine TVOS on the apple watch that sounds hilarious uh did you order the 12 inch mini led one storage yes see mike this is what i'm talking about people don't read <laughs> even if you pin the comment they're not going to see it how many cups are in an ounce how many cups are in an ounce Point one two. Thanks for asking. Other YouTubers seem to like foldables. Yeah, of course YouTubers do. YouTubers got to review like 12 phones a year. When you're reviewing 12 phones a year and they're all pretty much a glass rectangle and then a foldable one comes out, that one's going to jump out at you. But YouTubers are not a good example of the average user because YouTubers are constantly looking for changes. As a YouTuber who's checking out new phones and comparing phones to each other, as a content creator, you're constantly going to be looking for Comparisons. What does this phone have over this phone? What does this phone have over this phone? What's what's this phone going to do differently from the phone I had before? That's what a content creator looks for. So obviously when you release a foldable phone, it's like, whoa, oh my God, this is so different. This is so unique. I've never seen a phone like this. But that's not what everyday people do. Everyday consumers buy a phone and typically hold on to it for like three or four years, and they just kind of want it to work and work reliably. That's what the majority of the smartphone market is. It's not like, let me compare this to every other flagship on the market. And a lot of consumers do care about getting it on a fairly good price, and foldables are terrible with the pricing right now. Um, foldables have gotten better in the past three years, but they haven't gotten cheaper, and I don't think it's that easy Um I know it's easy in our minds to just be like, well, over time, tech get cheap. Tech magically become cheaper because tech newer and because it old, it become more affordable. That's what a lot of people's logic is, but you really can't get that much cheaper, in my opinion, if you don't have the economies of scale. So if you don't have... The reason smartphones have gotten substantially cheaper is because there's such a huge, wide demographic of people buying them. So when you have that extreme scale, you can slowly work your way down and make better phones cheaper and when you have a billion, billions of people at your potential consumer base, um, that's how you can get costs down. And I just don't think foldables have that. They have a little bit of that, um, but I don't think that there's that many people who would be interested in a foldable if it was a thousand dollars versus two thousand dollars. Like essentially, the people who like foldables and want a foldable are willing to pay two grand to get one. And if people don't like a foldable, I don't think it would change much if it was half the price. I think they would still be the type of person to say, yeah, I don't want a foldable. I just want a normal phone. Glassfire73, appreciate the tier one sub for 19 months. Glassfire, that costs money. What are you thinking? Uh, would you ever go all in on Android and get rid of your Apple devices? Hmm. Would I? Uh... Well, that's a more complicated question than you think. I can't replace... An Android phone can't replace all of my Apple devices. That can replace, like, one... It can replace my iPhone, which, honestly, I don't use that much these days anyway. So switching to Android would be a very small piece of the puzzle. If I were to ditch all my Apple devices, I would have to ditch my iPad, which I use a ton. I'd have to ditch my iMac and go with some kind of PC... I've thought about it before I've thought about not because I don't like Apple, obviously I prefer iOS and the Apple ecosystem is unmatched, but I was like, for the sake of the channel and just doing like an experiment, like there's been people in the past that have, well, there have been times in the past where I would just switch to an Android phone for like a month. Like it was actually the month I was getting married was the month I switched to the pixel. Um, there was another YouTuber. I think his name was for the love of tech who said like, I'll give you a pixel for free. If you agree to use it for 30 days. And I was like, mm, that might be a fun challenge just because I know I'm the apple sheep and I'm biased towards Apple. So seeing my perspective after 30 days might be fun for the audience. If I wasn't a content creator and I wasn't a YouTuber, no, I would not switch to an Android just for fun. Um, to tell you the truth, whenever I pick up or try out an Android phone, I'm like, this just doesn't work for me. I don't like it. I'm not sure why. It's hard to articulate but generally I just I I don't love it as much. I can get used to it. I can get comfortable with an Android phone and m- learn all the different commands and uh, get the gestures and get used to the different apps. I can get used to it but I'll never love it. I'll never like prefer it from at least unless iOS changes drastically or Android changes drastically. But I've thought for the sake of the channel just as a entertainment uh piece for you guys I have often thought about like what if I just did like a no Apple product challenge for a while and I just like abandoned all my Apple products and switched to something else entirely. That might be fun. I don't think I'm ready to do it right now because I know it's going to take a lot of learning and it's going to also take a lot of money in order to get a machine that can do what my iMac Pro does and what my iPad does and what my iPhone and Apple watch do to get something that is even close to replacing all of those that from outside the Apple ecosystem, it's easily going to be five or $6,000. And I doubt I'll make that much money on the video about it, Um, which is why it would probably have to be an extended duration thing. I'm not ready to do it anytime soon. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not comfortable doing it right now. Maybe when I get all my new Apple products for this year or, uh, Potentially, if I get my dream iMac or I get my dream Apple Silicon Mac, whatever that ends up being, whether it's the 32-inch black bezel no-chin iMac or if it's the Mac Pro with a nice monitor, once I get really comfortable with those and I use them for a while, Android fragmentation. Ugh, no, thank you. Come back, Starlink. Expose One says he's fi- he finds Android confusing as well. I'm right there with you. Uh I've gotten used to it before. Like, I have extended experience with Android. It's not that, like, I don't know where this feature is. I can't figure it out. Like, I've I've gone into reviewing foldables and different flagships, and I've switched my SIM over to them and used them exclusively for multiple weeks at a time. The Pixel, I think, was the longest I'd ever switched uh, to Android for. And I got used to it. I just didn't like it. Um but it would be interesting, I don't know. Like after I get all of my preferred Apple products and then I'm used to them and I have them for like a good year and and then I'm just kind of bored with all the new Apple products that are coming out and I'm comfortable with what I have, maybe then I'd be like, okay, now's a good time to maybe do something drastic and I'll I'll do like a multi-
1: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: I part series where i document my experience of switching completely out of the apple ecosystem for like 12 months and then by the end of the 12 months decide if i want to switch back or not i most likely would so i don't know it might not be terribly interesting it might sound interesting in concept but then in execution it's like actually this isn't very fun this is just kind of boring drew prefers apple we get it um do we even know from leaks if the imac 32 inch will have no chin or is it just Something people want. No leaks have said it won't have a chin. I mean, we had Sunny uh, Dixon claim that the upcoming redesigned iMac would look very similar to the Pro Display XDR, but he obviously was wrong. He thought it was going to be unveiled last quadruple UDC. That didn't happen, so I don't believe him. Uh, I believe uh, me and Max Tech are on the same page on that. <laughs> the difference is he likes the new iMac design, and I don't think I do. But uh, yeah, for some reason, when the new iMac came out, everyone was like, "No, this is the entry level model. That's why it has a chin and white bezels." You know, you'll get you'll get the iMac Pro, you'll get the bigger iMac later, and that one won't have a chin. That one will have black bezels. And I was like, uh, "Why? Why would they make it?" so drastically different like what why would a different size iMac have a completely different design like i don't know but there was just whenever i was complaining about the new iMac everyone was telling me well it's not for you the next one will be perfect and there were not really any leaks or rumors suggesting that it would look drastically different um and based on apple's history we have no reason to assume that the bigger size would look that much different it probably won't um I could be wrong. Maybe everybody's right and it just ends up looking amazing and gorgeous. And then I would be like, okay, uh, sounds good. I'll take it. Uh, let's see. All my Apple products are 2020 except for my Apple TV 4K. Well, they were selling it through 2020, so it might be. 10 uh, Bits from Very Complex says, Hey, George, I just ordered a mid-tier 24-inch iMac with 16 gigs of RAM. Is that too much RAM or would I be fine with just 8 gigs? Obviously, the magic word is... That starts with the D is it depends. It depends on what you're doing. Um, in my experience, I did a bunch of live streaming and video editing with 8 gigs of RAM on the MacBook Air. It was fine. I never ran into RAM management issues. I think RAM is a bit overrated. Um, a lot of people think RAM is more important than it actually is. If on your current Mac you are constantly getting the warning that says, you know, RAM overrun or there's too many apps open or something then I could understand why you would want to opt for more RAM on your next Mac. It's just, it's never been an issue for me. It's never fixed anything either. Um, I've never had a Mac experience where I was like, oh, this is so slow and laggy. And then I tried one with more RAM and I was like, oh, this is much faster. Like RAM has more to do with multitasking than speed. And the unified memory on the M1 is so efficient that I was running tons of applications with eight gigs of RAM and I didn't have any issues. And they were pretty processor intensive. They're pretty high-end Final Cut and OBS that kind of eats up your RAM very quick, um, and I don't recall it being a problem. I've heard that uh, Logic Pro, when you're doing like tons and tons of tracks in Logic, uh, having more RAM can be a big, um, big help. Uh, I just, I just have not run into a video editing experience where RAM was a big game changer so i don't think you need 16 gigs but obviously it's not going to hurt if you pay for more it's like you pay for some overhead maybe down the road you'll be doing something more intensive and the extra ram will be helpful it's not going to hurt it will hurt your bank account a little bit but i don't think it's i don't think it's that big unless you use chrome of course if you use chrome then obviously get as much ram as you can but also just don't use chrome (laughs) uh Bro, man says he watched my Space Gray Accessories video. I don't get how discontinuing the current Space Gray Accessories implies we won't get a black iMac Pro. Well, for one, because when Apple discontinues something, they rarely replace it with anything very quickly. Maybe Apple removed them to make room for new Space Gray Accessories when the new iMac Pro gets released. Doesn't make sense to me, though, because uh, they're not discontinuing the white keyboard and white Magic Mouse or white trackpad. So if there was some, I I saw a lot of people make that comment, even though I addressed it in the video. I was like, look, if your argument is they're about to replace it with a new version, or they're going to release some new pair of keyboard and mouse, then they would be discontinuing both. They'd be saying while supplies last on both options. I don't see them doing some big design revamp just for the space gray, but not the silver. I see them getting rid of space gray because they don't see a space gray IMAC coming out anytime soon. Otherwise they would have kept those going. Uh, same thing with the silver keyboard. If they were redesigning those or tinkering them in some great way, they would be saying while supplies last across all the keyboard, mouse and trackpad, but they're not, they're just doing it on the space gray, which is what my concern is. Um, Apple doesn't do the while supplies last thing right before a refresh. Uh, they didn't do that with the 21 and inch iMac. Um, they did it with the iMac Pro, though. So, like, I don't know why everybody's assuming that when it says while supplies last, that means a refresh is imminent. It doesn't. Um, in the past, Apple was still selling the 21 and a half inch 4K iMac all the way up until the last hour that the 24 inch iMac came out. So, that's not, those don't go hand in hand. Um, From Apple's perspective, the Space Gray keyboards only existed so iMac Pro buyers could get the lighter. Well, why would they sell them separately then? They sold them separately for a while, and they didn't discontinue the Space Gray accessories alongside the iMac Pro. They discontinued them, like, three or four months later. So, to me, it's because they don't see the purpose with them selling alongside them. Um... Cyber Octoling is saying, if I had to guess, the silver ones will be while supplies last once we get the updated 32 inch. I don't think so. I think they're just. I mean, there's not really any differences. If you get the silver iMac, you're still getting the silver magic mouse that's been sold for years. So they're still shipping that one. Um, They just the space grade doesn't match the rest of the lineup, so they don't see the point in still shipping it. Um, Didn't the iPhone 8 have while supplies last before the SE came out? I don't think so. I recall I followed the iPhone SE launch very closely because we all thought it was going to come out in March and then it didn't, and then we were waiting every day in April for the site to update. I don't ever recall a while supplies last on the under iPhone 8, but if you have a link or something that proves otherwise. Sometimes we see ship dates slip. Ship dates slip sometimes, but that's not the same as while supplies last. If they're putting while supplies last, that means it's officially discontinued. Um, so whenever they put... While supplies last, it means that they don't have something coming out to replace it anytime soon. Uh, I've never recalled of all the refreshes and all the hawk-like analysis we've applied to the Apple store, paying attention to ship dates and things, options go away. Um, I've never seen Apple put while supplies last when they were just about to refresh something. It's not like, yeah, there's a new space gray keyboard and space gray mouse. Coming out next week, so they're discontinuing this pair. It's like, mm, I don't think they'd do that. Uh, Let's see. Keep in mind that if they introduce a space gray Touch ID keyboard, they still have to keep one around that's not Touch ID. So they have one that is fully compatible with Intel. Not that the Touch ID keyboard won't work with Intel, but it will have a useless button. So maybe that's what they're planning on doing, keeping the silver around for Intel customers. I agree. They see the point in the silver one because also that just applies to the keyboard. It doesn't explain the trackpad or the mouse. Um, they're keeping around the silver because there's lots of white bezeled colorful iMacs in the pipeline, and my guess is there's not a lot of space gray dark uh, 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 accessories coming in the future. If if you were just trying to argue that the future iMac Pro needs Touch ID, so they're discontinuing this, they wouldn't need to discontinue the mouse or trackpad because those wouldn't have Touch ID anyway, Um, and they're already willing to show lightning just on the keyboard and mouse. So there's all kinds of like hopeful wishes you can take of like well maybe maybe the iMac Pro will be like a Magic Mouse and Magic Trackpad that has USB-C. So that's why they're discontinuing. I want that to be the case, but it's it's far too much wishful thinking to me. Too big of an assumption. To me it means that there's there's just not a lot of Space Gray Macs in the pipeline. Um let's see. What if the white bezel makes it to the next iPad Air? That'll be stupid. I don't like the iPad Air really in its current state. I just think it's a little bit too expensive, and the iPad Pro is probably a better deal, especially if you go third party. But, um, yeah, it's not for me. Anything uh, Anything that has white bezels is not for me. That's not my market. iMac Pro not coming anytime soon? I don't think so. There's a lot of people that seem to have just assumed that, But there's not any leaks or rumors alluding to a a redesigned iMac Pro in the works. Pretty much everything is pointed to a redesigned iMac, which we've now got. But it's everybody's just assumption that, oh, there will be an iMac Pro later, even though the iMac Pro was discontinued and it's completely gone off Apple Store now. Everyone's just assuming, oh, there will be another one. When in my opinion, sure, the iMac Pro was a transition device and it wasn't refreshed uh, very regularly. Uh, but neither was the 4K iMac, but they still kept that around until the 24-inch iMac hit the market. Um, so the fact that they didn't keep the iMac Pro around until there was the next one to replace it, uh, I think I think that means there's not going to be an iMac Pro for a while. Um, what will you do if everything gets white bezels and no black bezels? I'm I'm fully prepared for that. I'm kind of expecting that. Uh, At this point, my personal guess, this is not what I want to happen, but my guess is that Apple has had enough enough demand with the 24-inch iMac. They're happy enough with the design. A lot of people don't like it like me, but there's plenty of people that do. So they're just like, okay, we're going to be different. We're going to have our entry-level machine and the MacBook Air or whatever that's all colorful. And the 24-inch iMac and the 30 or 32-inch iMac is still going to be colorful, still going to have white bezels just with a more powerful chip and maybe some more ports on the back. But I think the fundamental design language will be the same. Um, And they might release a cheaper version of the Pro Display XDR that rocks mini LED instead of the custom LCD backlight. Um, They might make a cheaper standalone monitor. But I think my dream Mac of just having a blown-up iPad on a stick, I'm just going to assume that's not going to happen. And what I'm probably going to wait for is an Apple Silicon-powered Mac Pro that is hopefully reasonably priced, uh, similar to how the Mac Mini got cheaper Uh, With Apple Silicon, I'm hoping that the new Mac Pro doesn't start at $6,000. I'm guessing because it's Apple Silicon and it's a lot more power efficient, they won't need a giant cheese grater-like design with this insane thermal architecture. My guess, based on the rumors and stuff we're hearing, is that whatever that next Mac Pro is going to be, it's going to be a bit smaller, a bit more compact, kind of look like a beefed-up Mac Mini kind of like the g4 cube something kind of boxy but more compact than the current mac pro and i'm hoping that it has a starting price below six thousand and if the starting price is below six thousand if it's it's if it's around five or four thousand or something like that then i would opt for that and just provide my own monitor i would i have an extra monitor that i could use that i'm not using right now that's 4k and thirty two inches and very thin bezels and i'm happy with it i just I I don't like having multiple – I don't need more screens right now. I'm fine with just using one, so that's why I'm not hooking it up to my iMac Pro currently. But um, the other option I was thinking about was getting a high refresh rate monitor because I love 120 hertz on my iPad. I can't wait to have it on my iPhone later this year. That's my biggest feature request for the next iPhone. I'd I'm jealous of those of you who can't tell a difference. I know there's a lot of you that can't see the difference between 60 and 120 hertz. Trust me. I would save so much money if I couldn't tell. (laughs) Like, if I could not tell the difference between the two, I would just keep my 12 mini and I wouldn't upgrade this year. Because other than that, I'm perfectly content and happy with my 12 mini. But as soon as there's an iPhone with 120 hertz on it, I'm going to want that one. And then I'm probably not going to want another one for many, many years. Because... The cameras on iPhones are so good. Um, I'm sure the battery life will be better this year, and I'm fine with Face ID, and even with the mask now, as long as my watch unlocks the phone, that's perfect. Um, after after I get 120 hertz, I have no clue what's going to get me to upgrade. I'm, I'm kind of planning on upgrading to the iPhone 13 Pro Max or whatever it ends up being called this year, and then just kind of keeping that for probably a couple of years. I don't think I'll need to upgrade next year just because... Whatever they can think of doesn't sound super interesting or engaging to me. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm fine with a 120 hertz non-made-by-Apple monitor that I hook up to the Mac Pro. Because Mac OS does support high refresh rate. I've done it before. I used to have a 165 hertz monitor that I would use with my Mac. And it looked incredible. But um, that stuff is better for gaming, so I gave that monitor to my Gaming buddy. Um, and if I'm not going to give my dream Mac, then I'll come up with something else that prioritizes stuff I care about. Like, obviously, my iMac Pro is still doing fine. That's that's the lucky position I'm in that, uh, thankfully, I'm not in a huge rush. I can't afford to wait. It's not like my iMac Pro is giving out on me and it's dying on me and I need to upgrade soon. It's like, it's doing fine. I can still do all the work I need to on it. And the M1 isn't quite as fast as the iMac Pro at exporting times. So I'm fine with waiting till I make the transition. Um, I'm somewhat tempted into getting a 16-inch MacBook Pro because I know that's probably going to come out at the end of this year. And it's likely going to have a chip faster than the M1. And with that kind of high performance, if I can dock it to a monitor and just kind of turn it into a tower at my desk, but then when I go on vacation or something, I can undock it and take with take it with me. I'm kind of thinking about doing that, but I'm I'm split on it. I, I'm undecided. I, I still don't know what my next Mac is going to be. I'm just thankful that the iMac Pro is doing well. I know for a fact now I'm never getting rid of these. Now that they're discontinued, I'm holding on to these bad boys. I love the color palette so much. I loved rewatching that reaction stream to Quadruple UDC, and I'm just so in love with these. The only thing... That would make me want to get rid of these is if Apple made a version with this same color palette, still black keys in the black metal, and it was Type-C here. Or MagSafe, or that wouldn't really work on the keyboard well. But just like a wireless charging Magic Mouse, I would love. Or uh, a MagSafe Magic Mouse. Or USB-C, even. I don't care about Lightning. So if they Or they released a keyboard with this exact color palette, but with Touch ID. I'm actually not crazy about the Touch ID thing. For a long time I was, but ever since I've been doing Unlock My Mac with my Apple Watch, um, I haven't really needed a biometric with my iMac. It's nice to have, especially if you're the type of person. Like, I'm glad they made it. As soon as they brought Touch ID to the Mac uh, MacBook Pro line, I was like, yeah, they need to make Magic keyboards with Touch Bars, Touch ID. I've always wanted the the Mac accessories to get some more love and get some more, value but yeah face id on the mac would be better i mean the mac is thick enough it's definitely thick enough it's way thicker than the ipad pro which has a battery in it and has mini led and it has face id why does the ipad get all these great cameras why doesn't the imac the imac is like almost twice the thickness of the ipad and yet they bring center stage to the ipad and not the imac like what the heck what why why if you can bring this like really high-resolution, super wide-angle webcam that tracks you, oh, I'm so excited for Center Stage. I can't wait to try it. I'm going to try it next week. Oh, I I love the iPad. I just want a bigger version of it. But if they won't make that, then fine. I'll get a I'll get a tower of some kind. And I would not be against a M1 X Mac Mini. If they do end up making that, that's not a rumor or a leak or anything. It's very possible the Mac Mini will just be stuck with the M1 for another two years and Apple will still be able to say, but it's faster than before. M1 has plenty of speed. No need to upgrade it. And they're right. You know, M1's probably overkill for a lot of the market the Mac Mini is serving anyway. So that's fine. But if they did make a Mac Mini with better I/O and faster CPU and integrated GPU and stuff, and they kind of took advantage of more of the space inside it, I'd be like, cool, I'll get that. I got nothing against the Mac Mini design. Having that little box sit below your monitor or sit behind the monitor, That's, I'm good with that. If Apple doesn't make the screen I want, then I'll, I'll find one. Or I'd be very interested in getting a Pro Display XDR if, big if, if, if it was like half the price. Like I got to finally check one of those out at an Apple store not too long ago, a couple months, and I was like, "That thing is gorgeous. I love that bezel. I love how unique and simple it looks." And it's just not six thousand dollars good. It's good, but I'd 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 drop three thousand on it, including the stand. So like two thousand dollars for the screen, one thousand for the stand, or I know this sounds crazy, but lower the price of the stand or include the stand. If someone was selling a used Pro Display XDR, even I was looking around online after I checked it out at the Apple Store. I was like, "That was good. I really liked the look of that thing." I was looking around. Um, I was looking around on uh, where was it B and H and eBay and Amazon, and I was like, if someone was selling even a used one for three thousand, I would be. So down for that, and I couldn't find one. Obviously, people who drop that kind of money on the Pro Display, they're not gonna they're <laughs> they're not gonna give it up for that cheap. Um, they are very they're not high in demand, but the people who have them are not willing to get rid of them. Or if they are, they're not gonna let go of them for much. Pro Display's been around for a while, and I think yesterday I saw some sale going on. They were like save four hundred dollars on the Pro Display. I was like, wow, so much money saving four hundred dollars
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Uh, did you order the 12-inch mini LED one? <laughs> yes. I got the 12.9-inch mini LED iPad Pro in space gray, 128 gig, because it's an iPad, and I don't plan on putting that much files on it. But if they announce Final Cut for the iPad, and it's really good and comparable to the Mac, and it's affordable... I might consider returning this iPad Pro and opting for a higher storage configuration, um, but I don't think they will. I'm guessing it's just going to be some nifty new iPad OS features and Final Cut is snipped. They're like, eh. Or there's a possibility they announce Final Cut for the iPad, but it costs a monthly fee and there's no way around that. If they announce Final Cut for iPad and you have to pay 10 bucks a month or 5 bucks a month to use it and there's no way to buy it outright, I'd be like, okay, Final Cut is cool, but I'm not willing to pay... 50 or 60 bucks a year for it just to be on the iPad when I own it outright on my Mac. Like, I like the idea of my iPad being my mobile machine that I can do video editing on and take it with me on the go. And now with the M1 chip, it's really powerful and I can do work. But if I have to subscribe monthly to Final Cut, then I'm just gonna, I'd rather just get a MacBook or, because on the MacBook, I can download Final Cut Pro again. You know, I can have multiple copies across different Macs because I own it outright. So, Uh, Gustavo says, I'm fine with the MacBook Air M1, but it needs at least double GPU power. I mean, you got to give the MacBook Air some credit. It is so much substantially faster than the last generation, right? So, like, MacBook Air is probably the best-selling M1 device right now. Probably. I know the M1 Mac Mini is doing pretty well. But, like, if you consider that so many people buying that MacBook Air are buying it for, like, college. They're buying it for, like, web browsing, sending texts, and doing essay typing m1 is pretty insanely powerful for that market so if you if you want more gpu power it's safe to say that's going to be reserved for a higher end macbook pro i think it's safe to say m1 is overkill for majority of the market that's buying those new macs um probably the way that m1 benefits the average consumer the most is not with cpu or gpu performance it's mainly the battery life getting substantially better battery life thanks to the m1 chip is why apple's probably comfortable shipping such a powerful chip into entry-level products that are pretty cheap that you know college kids are going to be using that's that's why they gave it the m1 but it's nice to know that apple's entry-level you know cheapest affordable chip is insanely fast and you know comparable to my iMac pro that's pretty crazy um Touch ID is amazing, especially for password autofill. I use it all the time. Yeah, I know that nothing wrong with Touch ID. I just think there's better alternatives, like Face ID. That's one of the reasons I prefer using an iPad Pro over a MacBook. Is um, Face ID is fantastic, especially I agree for password autofill. If I'm going to different websites and stuff, or I want to log into different banking apps, we have different brokerage accounts and you know different. Uh, websites we visit that are password protected now when i open those sites it just instantly looks at my face and i'm already looking at the ipad so i don't have to rest my finger anywhere i'm just like using it open this website and it unlocks and opens right up i love it i'm still team face id but yeah touch id is not bad uh t-mobile has partnered with starlink now seen that online what how what did they do where do I see this? I'm looking all around. I'm just going to search on Twitter. Starlink T-Mobile. Is this a joke? You can see the broadband gap is dividing line. What? I'm not getting anything. Is this a joke? Um, you're right, but maybe a checkout option for double GPU for some $300-ish, I would go for it. Gustavo, I hate to break it to you. The option does exist. It's called the MacBook Pro. <laughs> it might not be updated yet but if you're willing to spend an extra 300 dollars on a more powerful gpu apple's just gonna say get a macbook pro they're not gonna put more gpu options in the macbook air i don't think they ever did there were a few times they had different cpu options but now with the versatility of the m1 and apple just throwing that and everything put it in the ipad put it in the imac mac mini macbook air macbook pro they're not gonna do like m1 with slightly better gpu on the macbook air I don't, I don't see it happening they're just like if you want more gpu on a notebook get a pro if m1's not enough then macbook air ain't for you let's see my ipad air fourth generation is my computer got the smart keyboard and blue mouse oh good you said bluetooth mouse i was like what uh should i get m1 air or wait for m2 air in the colors the waiting game is very dangerous kyle um I don't know if you are into the white keyboard or white bezels, but the truth is the MacBook Air has rarely been a product they refresh annually. In fact, especially redesign, um, there are many times the MacBook Air would not get updated for multiple years in a row. Uh, So if you're waiting for the M2 MacBook Air or or more colorful MacBook Air, I'm just saying prepare to wait for possibly over a year. I don't know for sure when it's coming out, but I know that we just got one of the most substantial MacBook Air upgrades last November, and it's fairly likely, I could be wrong, but it's fairly likely that Apple's not going to update the MacBook Air again for over a year, and we haven't even reached, like, seven months yet. We're, like, six months into the last refresh. If Apple still has the branding new under the product, then, well, I guess they don't have new still, but... um. MacBook Air, I just mean is not I think up for like getting refreshed really soon, getting refreshed later this year. I would not be shocked at all if they don't refresh the MacBook Air this this year at all. So yeah, you can wait. You can always wait. There's that's always an option. But um when it comes to the MacBook Air, I just say expect to wait around. The Pro doesn't have double GPU. That's why I said eventually eventually they're going to update the macbook pros with apple silicon with something more powerful than the m1 hopefully that includes the 14 inch macbook pro to also get an m1x and that'll have substantially better gpu but um i'm just saying that's what apple's going to do they're not going to they're not going to provide an extra gpu option for the air they're going to be like air is for the everyday folk the the just normal consumers if the gpu and the air isn't enough get a pro I look forward for the iPhone 13 Pro as I really want to replace my old iPhone 7. It will be a big change. Yeah, that's a huge change. Holy crap. iPhone 7 to 13 Pro. Yeah. I sometimes envy those people that are able to do such a massive upgrade in one jump. Kind of because of my job. I am getting the new iPhone every year, but I'm planning on slowing down on that after this year. 120 hertz is just one of those things that every time I see it, I can't unsee it. And it really, really bugs me that my iPhone doesn't do it. And once I have it, yeah, I'm fine holding on to it for a while. Apple would probably focus on higher end Mac processors now. Well, yeah, that's kind of what's left. I mean, they've transitioned the entry level iMac. They transitioned the Mac mini, MacBook Air, and the base model MacBook Pro, which I still doesn't I, I still don't really think needs to exist. But that's pretty much all that's left in the lineup. All we got left is the four-port MacBook Pros, the larger iMac, and the Mac Pro. It's pretty much only three categories left. I mean, there's you know I get it. There's there's that one Intel Mac Mini. There's that one 1080p iMac that's 21 and a half inch that they're still selling. I'm kind of surprised they kept that around to be honest. But it is pretty cheap. It's like eleven hundred dollars, and Honestly, I would recommend that entry-level iMac with the 1080p display. I would recommend that a lot more often than the 24-inch iMac because I'm like, if you just need a desktop for basic desktop things and you don't need something really power-intensive and that's why you're looking at the 24-inch iMac, just get the 21 half inch It's got the black bezels. It's cheaper. You'll get the job done. The only con- uh, consumer-grade advantage of those newer 24-inch iMacs is like color. But I like the color. I spend another $400 for the color. Uh, with the way MacBook Air is selling like crazy, I don't think they'll update it anytime soon. I agree. And it's going to be difficult to justify an upgrade for Apple because the M1 is already so fast. I don't see that many people complaining that the MacBook Air needs to be faster. So I could easily see Apple saying M1 is good enough for the MacBook Air for another two years. Or so like, we don't even need to upgrade it Uh in 2020 we don't need to upgrade it in 2021 either or 2022 because M1 is still enough it's undefeated it's unbeatable they probably will update it next year but i'm just saying they could use that argument if they wanted to if they just felt like yeah M1 is still fast enough you're probably right it's probably still going to be overkill even next year um let's see <laughs> Skydriver is just so passionate that lightning is better despite all of his wrong opinions. <laughs> I would like lightning so much more if you could actually make cables that were lightning on either end. But they don't make those. That's not a thing, which is why USB C is instantly better in my mind because you can make cables that are reversible. You can plug in this way, you can plug in this way. Lightning can't do that. Never has. Probably never will. The M2 Air will probably be more expensive, too, considering it could have mini-LED and a new design. I'm assuming they'll keep the M1 around 1000 Eh, I don't know. I think Apple likes that entry-level price point. I think they like knowing the MacBook Air starts at 1000 They get to say under $1,000, and for education, it's 900 It's Apple. There's always the chance they could increase the price, but I don't know. I, I feel like they won't. I think they like where the MacBook Air is. There were some rumors of the Air adopting OLED, I didn't see that many of it adopting mini-LED. That was going to be reserved for the MacBook Pros, but I know. OLED, mini-LED, what's the difference? But the MacBook Air is thinner, and OLED panels can be thinner than mini-LED panels, but they have more burn-in drawbacks, so you can do it on a thicker device, but not so easily on a thin one. I don't see them upgrading any Apple Silicon Mac before they've transitioned everything. After that, I could see them getting into a more regular refresh cycle. I think that's a safe assumption, Wouter. So basically, we're not going to get a new Apple Silicon Mac Mini or a new Apple Silicon MacBook Air, Intel. All the Intel Macs are gone, which is probably going to be like a year from now. It could be like one year from today. That's when all Intel has gone. I wouldn't be shocked if Apple is slow to refresh the Mac Pro though because they put a lot of time and in advertising into this, you know, $50,000 computer and a lot of people bought that one, so it'll probably be last. That's like I think the one thing by the end of this year, I could see all the new all the MacBooks having Apple Silicon. All the MacBook Pros have adopted either M1 or M1X. And all the iMacs, the 30-inch or 32-inch iMac will be Apple Silicon with M1X. And it'll look pretty similar uh, to the 24-inch iMac we have now, just bigger and with more power. And then the last thing that they don't switch by the beginning of 2022, that Intel Mac Pro will still be hanging around. It'll still be just chilling on the store for those people that are going crazy. But I imagine sales for it kind of plateauing and tanking a lot because everyone's just going to be waiting like, well, let's see what Apple can do. Let's see an Apple Silicon version. Um, let's see. Since the M1 is so efficient, it is probably possible that a 4 gig RAM Mac probably runs fine. Yeah, I mean, for everyday stuff, it probably could, but there's not there's not much sense in them manufacturing a whole separate line just for Four gigs of RAM, and it probably wouldn't save them that much money. Um, the, the the cost of manufacturing that chip with eight gigs of RAM versus four gigs, I bet, doesn't make a huge difference. Um, let's see. Skydriver, the more you ask me to do the outro with the Apple devices on the table, the more I just don't want to do it. When you ask about it, literally like every stream, I'm just like, I'm going to not do it even harder. <laughs> Whenever people nag me and ask me to do something that often, I'm just like, okay, I'm never gonna do it. So if you really want me to do it, you should stop asking about it, and then maybe I'll do it. You got to stop asking for like a long time. It's like, if it if it goes like years, and I'm like, man, no one's asked me to bring that back for like two years, then maybe I'll do it. But if you ask about it, I'm just gonna not want to do it and just keep pushing it back. Um, since m1 is so integrated with the system like ram lower ram could still have a good experience yeah i i think there's something to that ram efficiency with unified memory it's it's similar to why ram on ios is not equivalent to ram on android is because of how the ram is laid out when will we see another one more thing I don't know. Sometimes Apple uses the one more thing when we're all expecting it, to be fair. Like, the iPhone X was a one more thing, even though we all knew it was coming. So, yeah. I... They could do it with something we're all expecting, you know, at Quadruple UDC. They could just do, like, all the software announcements. They're like, okay, here's watchOS, here's iOS, here's tvOS and all that. And then at the very end, they're like, also, one more thing. There's a bigger iMac, and it looks just like the 24-inch iMac, except it's 32 inches. It's like, oh, cool. Or the one more thing is the M1X chip. We're so excited to show you an even more powerful Apple Silicon chip the m1x X, would be like oh okay one more thing something that we all expect you know uh, apple does the one more thing sometimes um vr headset or apple glass could be a one more thing apple glass i definitely think will be a one more thing i just don't think it'll be soon i think it'll be like three four years from now probably i forget all of tim cook's one more things apple watch iphone 10 was apple music one Something insignificant was. I can't remember. I think it was something like that. Apple Music. One more thing. We've thought of another service. (laughs) iMessage Plus. Now you'll be able to text people with iMessage on Android for the low price of $19.99 a month. We're so excited to bring Siri to Android for the low price of $29.99 a month. One more thing. I forget yeah <laughs> uh let's see you and Nick have great Tim Cook impressions thank you well we we listen to him a lot so i don't think it's that good i think you guys are you guys are trolling me i've seen there's there's this one guy on tiktok i forget his name but if you look like if you look up tim cook impression on tiktok there's this guy that's really really spot on with it and that's really who i'm emulating like what you pick up on is like You pick up on the little details in the little southern draw he has and you emphasize those dialects in his accent. And that makes it that makes it more easy to emulate or impersonate someone on Android. It has to be free. No, no, not Apple. Apple doesn't have to be free. It's not like Apple Music is free on Android, but they have an app. Steve Jobs is harder to do an impression for. We don't ship junk. I don't know. He doesn't have as iconic of a voice. Some people just have more iconic voices. Those three things are all of Tim Cook's one more thing. Really? iPhone 10, Apple Music, and Apple Watch? Apple Watch is justified. That makes sense. Come on, Starlink. You can do it. Um... There were some big paragraphs I think I missed earlier. Matthew said, I think the silver silver will be around until they discontinue all Intel products. As for future keyboards, I think they will come in both Space Gray and silver, but this lower-end model that works for all their computers, including Intel, will only come in silver, and it will stick around until they discontinue the Intel Mac Mini and Intel... Intel Mac Pro? So you're saying they're discontinuing Space Gray now, but not silver, even though... They sell an Apple Silicon Mac that comes with a non-Touch ID keyboard. I think Matthew is assuming that all M1 Macs in the future will have Touch ID, which Apple has shown already isn't really the case at this point. The base model 24-inch iMac doesn't come with a Touch ID keyboard. You have to opt... Ext- I think it's like 50 bucks extra. So they're willing to make a new Magic Keyboard without Touch ID. Um... Even even though those keyboards are colored, that keyboard has, like, color matches with the iMac but still doesn't have Touch ID. Man, there's so many different keyboards they came up with. There's, like, a color for each model and then a Touch ID and a non-Touch ID. Oh, I guess they did limited colors for the base model, though, huh? So it's still a lot, but the base model iMac only comes in... Uh, Only comes in blue, green, pink, and silver. So four color options that don't have... They have color match keyboards, but they don't have Touch ID. Um, That's weird. So I guess if you have a Magic keyboard that's yellow, orange, or purple, those only come with Touch ID. interesting so that's how you know you have an exclusive keyboard i guess um let's see if you had an older macbook and limited money what would you choose between replace the battery because of a high cycle count or replace the display because it's slightly damaged oh i don't like that situation what's the option for replace the whole thing because that's what i would do um I don't think battery would bug me. If it's like an old 2013 MacBook, I would probably just live with it next to the charger, like my wife's MacBook Pros from 2009. Um, And the battery's terrible, but you just keep the charger around. So I guess fix the display, because that's something you look at, and it impacts you whether you're on power or off power. If your battery is bad, you just got to leave it plugged in a lot, but you can still use it. Um, Does Starlink work during thunderstorms and other bad weather? Like, would a snowstorm mess with the dish on the roof? It does a little bit, but not that much. Um, So it doesn't snow where I live, but from the speed tests I've seen other people do, um, I've seen uh, snow get all over the Starlink dish, and they still have about 70% of the same speed. So it doesn't completely shut off from weather. In fact, I was
1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: It's actually pretty cloudy today. I'm looking out the window. It's very overcast. Like I don't see there's like not much blue sky out today. Um, so I've I've done live streams like this in the rain, in the pouring rain, not like light sprinkle. I mean, like pouring. Like you can hear it on the roof, we kind of shaking the house. Rain and through thunderstorms, and Starlink still works great. And uh, during the hailstorm, when there was pretty decent-sized little ice pellets hailing all over the roof and hailing on top of the Starlink dish, and I was still clocking over 200 down. Um, so it, it's not really impacted that much by the weather. A little bit, I'm sure. It probably gets slightly sl- slower. But, uh, yeah, the dishy McFlat face has a little heater built into it, so when snow piles up on the top, it melts off. And the front of it is coated with this uh, hydrophobic hydrophobic coating. So rain and water particles and stuff like naturally want to fall off. It doesn't really collect up there that much. So it's pretty cool. It's actually pretty expensive. It, they, they charge you $500 for the dish, but I heard it cost them like $1,500 to make. So they lose money on every Starlink until you pay for it for like a year. And then they start to break even on it. But that doesn't even count the, the cost of sending up each rocket. Um, let's see. Oh, my God. I saw someone do a speed test with 5G, and they got faster speeds on 3G. Not 4G. Not LTD. LTE. But someone was actually in an area where 5G was slower than 3G, which I thought was funny. Of course, as I talk about Starlink, that's where it all acts up. Um, Let's see. There we go. It's come back. It's a little spotty right now, but we're still in beta. I'll give it, I'll give it patience when it's in beta. When it's out of beta, I won't be as forgiving. Did you see that survey that was recently conducted regarding 5G? I heard about it. I, I heard it was, like, insanely low. Yeah, there was, like, a bunch of people that were polled if they cared about 5G. I did the same thing, and I have a fairly tech based audience. So I think my, my audience would be more interested in 5g than the average person would. And when I did a poll, it was like 95% or something, or like 10,000 people voted. And they were like, yeah, I don't care. Most people do not care about 5g at all, which was very happy for me. Uh, I saw a teardown and the internals were crazy. Yeah, it's probably one of the most like advanced consumer grade satellite dishes out there. Um. Let's see. Uh, Learn to live with that till I get enough money for M1 MacBook Air. Display change is not that much worth it. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's an option to just save your money up for a better machine. In my experience, it's never really worked out that well for you to dump more money into an old Mac because you might fix something... You might fix one aspect of it, but then another aspect of it is going to break, and that's money that could be... And yeah, that other aspect that breaks, you could fix, but before you know it, you will have spent another $300, $500 on a Mac that's still old and still going to stop getting updates, and you'd rather just save that money for a newer one that's going to be faster. And I don't know. That's just my viewpoint. If you like keeping your old stuff and repairing it, that's fine. I'm not against you doing that. I'm just saying... In my experience, from the people in my life that have spent money on fixing things up or pour, pouring money into their old machines, it typically just something else ends up breaking and then they will have spent as much money as it, a new one would have cost it anyway. Um, how is 5G supposed to help me when I barely get 4G? Exactly. That's how I look at it. I don't care. I leave the 5G option off on my phone because I do it doesn't make a difference. Uh, it's not even faster. For, most of the, for a lot of the time. I have an iPhone 11. Should I get 120 hertz like you and then not upgrade or wait for the foldable if they do it? The foldable could easily be like three or four years away. So you might be waiting a while with foldables. But um, 120 hertz is something that if you don't notice it, you should not buy into it. So if you know for sure that you can tell the difference between a 60 and 120 hertz display, then um, I would say it's worth considering. But uh, if you can't tell, don't bother. Try it out. Go to an Apple store or see one at a Best Buy or something and see if you can actually tell the difference in the refresh rate. That's the main thing. But anywho, we've been live for a while now. And uh, uh, once again, want to thank Nathan Cooley for doing all of these video thumbnails. I I very much appreciate it. And uh, we got a lot happening with Apple next week, so stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you all for your bits and your Twitch Primes. Appreciate it, and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day. Take care, all. Bye-bye.